Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, is it a classic proudly presents to you a brand new podcast for your ears. R.I.P. Road Dog's career in WWE. Welcome to Is It a Classic, the podcast that takes a look at a match in wrestling history and determines for you definitively if it is in fact a classic. Today we are watching John Cena versus Roman Reigns at No Mercy 2017. My name is Chad and I'm joined as always by my best friend Daniel. Let's get to it. The biggest match in pro wrestling history. This is not a wrestling match. This is a fight. I'm trying to do the uh of the John Cena theme. All right. (laughs) Take three, you got it. I may just hide myself so you can get through it. I'm gonna keep that take, that take right there, but I will try it again. I was trying to like a roll the tongue like like that was, that's it that was, that was better welcome to is it a classic the podcast that takes a look at classic wrestlers dressed up in diapers as the new year's baby or otherwise we're talking gold dust biggie big show akibono at wrestlemania biggie in that same match and then according to dave batista donald trump had a diaper uh, underneath his pants in his wrestlemania appearance also, according to some rumor and innuendo, our star of the last two episodes, Sid, should have worn a diaper in one of his matches. Yeah. And apparently Punk in one of his, too. Famous, famous uh, tight stain. Damn, I had not heard that. You hadn't? That was on late, uh, like, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. He did a whole bit about Punk. Dude, I've been prepping to make this the best Damn wrestling podcast there ever was. I, I'm not watching any of that shit. Ten years pun, ago. Pun intended. Damn pun shit. Intended. Okay. And in fact, it's not a podcast talking about diapers or anything of the nature. Uh, this is a podcast that takes a look at a match in wrestling history and determines for you using science definitively if it is, in fact, a classic and today we are looking at two titans of the industry going against each other. And his name is Jan Cena versus Roman Reigns at No Mercy 2017. This is a big time match with some big time wrestlers. And we will tell you whether or not it is, in fact, a classic. Did somebody say big time? Because I got a big time prediction for a match that's going on right now. We love recording this on Wednesdays that we can't talk to you about current Dynamite, but that's okay. It's moved to TBS. There's a big world title match, and old Danny Boy here has got a big-time trademark prediction. Daniel Bryan is winning this match because they can't – at some point they have to break up the – there's an AEW champion. He holds the title for six to eight months and gets to the next guy. Rinse and repeat. I think it's going to be a pretty quick switchback. We're going to have a two-time champion – in Hangman Page, but I think that OBD is going to be your champ by the end of the night. Hell, he might be right now, right freaking now. Seth freaking Rollins, Brian Danielson. 
All right, a few things to unpack there. First of all, I got to ask, do you think that he wins it outright or do you think the judges give it to him for some shenanigans? The judges, and I'm so happy they're doing that. What a new element that they've brought in. If we're going to do a draw, you still get a finish and it may be disputed. I think this is good. I think this is really good shit. And do you think that Paige gets it back at the pay-per-view? I have no idea when he gets it back. Okay, I mean, what, I'm not fantasy booking Chad here. Okay, what do they do for the next match? How do you if it's you have a 60 minute draw, then you have a 60 minute draw with judges? How do you bring it back? What do you bring it back to? Is that where you go? No time limit? No, Hangman Page is going to have to get it done in under 60 minutes. He's got to get the job done. He's got to go over decisively, and Brian Danielson is just the man to put him over. Well, uh, I appreciate your prediction, and I think you're wrong. And that the hangman will get it done tonight. And I think he gets it done like in past 55 minutes, between 55 and 60 minutes. I think he gets it done. I think the booking is that Daniel Bryan pretty much would have won, quote unquote, win the match based off the judges. But the hangman ends up hitting him with the old buckshot, perhaps two buckshots, and gets the the pin. I think it goes at least 55 minutes, but it like gets down to the wire and they're like, is it going to the judges? Is it not? And uh, Paige pulls it out. I don't know. I mean, my gut tells me Danielson's just going to win outright. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. Well, I hope everyone that listened to our predictions uh, that have already seen the match uh, enjoyed us pontificating on what may have already happened. Uh, but I'm excited to uh, watch it a little bit later. Yep. Welcome back to Friday, folks. That was, you know, a little snippet from Wednesday. Now we're back as you're listening to this on Friday, if you can wrap your heads around that. And it's a new year. It's a new show. I'm excited. It's a new life and I'm feeling good. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Uh, I could have gone with a wrestling reference, but I did not. Uh, All right. Let's talk about some more recent wrestling. Uh, Let's stick with AEW. Uh, I think there was a match that did happen, speaking of Fridays, last Friday, that you wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, What do you have to say about something that happened on Rampagi? Wrestling World of Buzz. Two chicks at the same time, blading. Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. (laughs) That's it? You had a million dollars, you'd you do two chicks at the same time? Damn straight. Always wanted to do that, man. And I think if I were a millionaire, I could hook that up, too, because chicks dig dudes with money. Well, not all chicks. Well, the type of chicks that double up on a dude like me do. Good point. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I understand them wanting to go back to that well. I feel like Britt Baker's stardom... And a lot of the buzz around the women's division can all be traced back to one moment in time, one match, one blade job. And why not do it again? I mean, you've got to give it up for the ladies going out there and and really putting it all on the line, doing some pretty crazy stuff, um, attempting some very, very uh, brave maneuvers. I have heard, you know, rumblings of I like it, I don't like it from a lot of people in the biz. 
Um, and I'm kind of leaning on the side of, you know, I didn't, I didn't really love it. I think the match was a mess. Um, buddy going under the ring to get her business done. It's just so obvious that like, okay, here's what we're doing. And, uh, I just, I don't know. This to me is almost one of the official examples of maybe blading and wrestling is just not the time has passed for that to be a thing. What say you? I don't think that blading has to go away, but you know, there's that point in time where we talked about on the podcast where it seemed like week after week after week after week there was blood, 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 blood. And it's been a while since they've done it. And I think they did it uh the hangman again. I think he got some some color in the 60 minute match, but uh that was the last time where there really was like almost eight weeks in a row or something where they were just doing it like crazy. So I think use sparingly, it's still good, but I think I think if you're going to use it, it really has to be a big match. It has to be a big moment. And yes, this was the blow off of like a four or five month feud that they built between the four of them. And it was a street fight. It's just not necessary. Like, I think it was, it's almost like it was to add shock value more than to add to the, to take one of our categories, storytelling of the match. So when you're doing it just for the shocks and not for the, hey, this plays a part in what's going on, then I, I still thought the match was good. I thought the match was uh, relatively decent for those for those four. I mean, I'd say it was probably in the three-star range, you know, upper two, low three-star range, which isn't bad. And I thought that they did a lot of did a lot of stuff. Some of it did look sloppy, but they really put it out there and like kudos to the four of them for doing it. So, I mean, I thought it was... Overall, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was one of those movies you go see and you grab your popcorn. And you're like, I was reasonably entertained by watching this. Yeah, I can give it that. It was certainly entertaining. The effort was there and, uh, you know, they're doing stuff. They, they packed a lot into that segment and there was some creative stuff in there. It was pretty cool. I really wish that AEW would have put together a video package and production would have got involved because this has been going on. This has been an issue between these ladies for so long. I think it would have given it a little shine and it needed a little bit more of that rather than, you know, if you're, if you're tuning in this week and you're blindsided by this, a video package beforehand kind of getting you up to speed and making this seem like a bigger deal, knowing what these ladies were going to go out and do. I think that would have helped a lot. Also, I think that it being the blow off of blood, like it should have been the main event of the show. Agreed. Yeah, like bring it. I mean, I know what I know the reason why it wasn't, but I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to do something like this, like make it the main, you can make it a main event, a rampage. Like that's, that's a great show to do it. You wouldn't do it for really a dynamite, but a rampage main event is, is a good spot for it. Agreed. Well, speaking of shocking, I think some shocking stuff also happened on the other side of the pond. You mean in the double double E? Yeah, wasn't it last week? Maybe we were talking about like, I mean, what is even the raw side of WrestleMania? What what are they what could they possibly do? There's nothing going on. <laughs> COVID gets involved, runs in, and now somehow babyface Brock Lesnar is your WWE champion. I love the visual of COVID doing a run in. <laughs> yeah. Whose side is he on? Yeah. Is that is that Paul Heyman with COVID? Does he have COVID? No, he's just associated with COVID. He's bringing it to Roman. Oh, what's going on? That's exactly what it's exactly what happened. Yeah, good booking. Yeah, great booking. Um, 
I mean, I think it's a it's a all right. Give some bullet point. Bullet point thoughts here. Patent pending bullet point thoughts. A thought it was a nice sort of sidestep and a and a good like improv for the position that they were put in. B, I think they have they booked Biggie's reign like a joke, and I, w- I hate how Biggie was portrayed, and he deserved better than that. C, I don't think that this is going to change what they were going to do for WrestleMania on either side. I think it's just a little bit of a, a swervy curve, and it, they're going to get back on track in the same straight and narrow that they were going for. And D, we do get fucking Lesnar versus Lashley. The first time ever, great way to build that in the day one main event, which was a insanely fun, you know, nine minute sprint that it was with five professionals in there. What a great fun match that was. What a great follow up four way on Raw that they had to get Lashley at top there. Like I thought that was both of those matches were really fun, and entertaining, best stuff WWE has done in a while. And then we get Lashley versus Brock. I mean, that actually gets me hyped up for Rumble around the Rumble. The Rumble should be so fun. This match is going to be a big part of that. I'm with you. It sucks that another New Day member gets a world title and another New Day member just gets the carpet yanked out from under him by Brock Lesnar. Tough to watch. Um, You know, hey, I understand putting the belt on Brock. I understand the surprise. Don't understand Big E having to take the pin. And I almost feel like Paul Heyman, I don't think he was trying to be condescending on his promo on Raw, where he was just so complimentary towards Big E. But I don't even think that did him any favors. It's just like, wow, man, everybody likes you. You're so great. You're not good enough, but you're so great. Uh, Anyway, I really hope Big E gets a chance to recover. Um, Not a fan of a guy trying to get over by being champion. And this is kind of what you get. This is what you're going to get at the end of that. It's never going to work. And then here we are in a very similar situation as Kofi. Yeah, I still think he's presented as like a top baby face on the show, which is great, which is not what Kofi got. Um, but uh, I just I hope for better for him. I mean, he, he he is worth so much more. His value is so much higher. and He could be so much more. They booked him the right way. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, Hang in there, Biggie. Keith Lee did not. Oh, Maybe you will. It's this. That's our hashtag of the week. Hashtag hang in there, Biggie. He's the one to hang in this time. Oh, man. Uh, I do want to say that uh, I, th- I found it interesting that somebody put a little known fact about African-American w- male WWE champions. Brock Lesnar has beaten all of them, was the one that took their title, except for Bobby Lashley. The other three being... <laughs> Kofi, Big E, and The Rock. So you're telling me that Bobby Lashley is going to somehow win the title before Rumble so he can then drop it to Brock again? Maybe. It sounds like there's a theme in old Vinnie Max booking. We got to close those loose ends. Yeah, 100%. He's got to get his win back that he hasn't lost yet, but he still needs to get back. Uh, On a random side note, I don't know if you also heard – Apparently, they said it so much on Monday, Seth freaking Rollins, 
they updated his WWE.com roster page to officially name him Seth freaking Rollins. Yes, I, I did notice that. I, I did notice that. That's why I had to just throw it out there randomly a couple of minutes ago because it's so ridiculous. I felt it. Even if I had to mention it on an offhand comment, I had to mention it. Yeah, it's on the roster page. So congratulations, Seth, question mark. All right, anything else you want to talk about before we get to our main event? Hell no, I'm ready to get to this match. <laughs> All right, then it is time for our main event. Let's go to ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. As mentioned at the top of the show, our main event this evening is the review of the match between and his name is John Cena and Roman Reigns at No Mercy 2017. And we are going to determine for you definitively if it is, in fact, a classic. And the science, science that we use for that. So we take five different categories and we uh, give them zero to one star based off of how well we felt they did in these categories. And we end up with a star rating for that match. If it is above four stars, it is eligible to be a classic. Uh, and that's how you know. Those categories are as follows. First is storytelling. Did the match tell a great story from start to finish? Was it in the same book? Was it going chapter to chapter? Did it climax at the right point? Did it end at the right point? What was the psychology? What was the storytelling of the match? Was it cohesive? The second category is atmosphere. Did you feel it in your loins? Did you feel it in your bones? How is the heat? How's the commentary? Were you pulled into your screen, whatever screen it was, into that match? The third is execution. How were the moves executed? Was there anything sloppy? Did anything get botched? Did anything take you out of the match because of how the move was done? The fourth is the finish. How was the finish of the match? Did the finish make sense? Did the finish leave you with a good taste or a bad taste in your mouth? And finally, perhaps... One of the most important categories, I would say tied for one of the top five most important categories, it would be significance. Did this match do anything in wrestling history that hadn't been done before? Was it significant to any of the competitors' careers? Does it live in lore for a specific reason? Does this match hold a significant place in wrestling history? Well, before we get to the actual match itself... We like to go through the background of what led to the match, the build that led to the match, and nobody does it better in this business than my main man, Danny. Danny, hit him with it, Danny Bar. Before I begin, I'm going to have to hit you with a little swerve, bro. Oh, no. We like to say that this is accredited official science, and I believe it is. It's accredited, and it is official of 30-year fans of the business. I have been listening to a lot of Ric Flair lately, and Ric Flair really harps on the fact that people like you and I have no business talking about wrestling whatsoever and that, you know, our opinion doesn't matter. Well, I say that I respect that man and I understand where he's coming from, but I just want to strictly say that when we as non-professional wrestlers are quote-unquote critiquing matches like this. This is strictly from a very, very long time passionate fans viewpoint. This is what we see on screen for entertainment values. And we just want to lay it all out there as fans, as people who love the business. And we are certainly not coming at this as someone who should have any kind of inside knowledge. 
I never thought in my life I'd have to say this, but Ric Flair, you need to cut the shit. 915, let's have a great day, everybody. Cut the shit. You know, we're allowed to have opinions. People are allowed to have opinions. Are you telling me you've never acted in a sitcom so you're you can't determine what's funny and what's not funny? Are you telling me you haven't uh, ever stitched up somebody in surgery so you can't look at look at a scar and go, "Oh, that was a great job" or "That was a poor job." Uh, we're allowed to have our opinions and view it from our viewpoint. Are we saying we're the number one gurus that know everything from back to front? No. Are we saying we like to watch wrestling and analyze it and use science, science to have fun on a podcast? Yes. And that's okay. People are allowed to have their opinions. It's all right. Critics all the time. Uh, they, they're not a part of what they, they weren't a part of what they're critiquing. So lay off, Rick. It's all right. Cut the shit. Let us do our thing. We're going to do it because we do it so well. And damn it, we're going to do it right now. Danny hit him with the background. You're damn right we're going to do it well. As we mentioned, this is, and his name is John Cena versus Roman Reigns at WWE WrestleMania. No, at WWE No Mercy in October. I'm sorry, September. At the Staples Center, which is big in Los Angeles, CA. This was September 24th, 2017. There were 16,106 fans in here to watch a 40-year-old John Cena take on a 32-year-old Roman Reigns. To me, this is the third time that you have a battle between flag bearers of two different eras in the WWE about to happen. I would say for definition's sake, this would be... It would only be possible when a multi-time champion and an established, you know, quote unquote, top guy of one era faces off with a former top guy of another. WrestleMania 18, you had The Rock and Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania is 28 and 29. It was once in a lifetime, remember. John Cena and The Rock. And while you could possibly consider that maybe The Undertaker versus Reigns or Triple H versus Reigns would be something in a similar fashion, I don't think that's arguable. Because the men that I just mentioned also were obstacles along the way in the young career of John Cena. So because those guys kind of intersect each other, I think John Cena kind of wraps up that ruthless aggression era. And Roman Reigns is obviously an era of the present and an era following that. Um, So here we have John Cena. It's a possible torch passing match. And he's going up against Roman Reigns, who at the time was a three time WWE champion. And Cena has already very recently finished up his record-tying 16th world title reign at this point in his career. So this is a showdown between the two scheduled for, you know, the big time, like I mentioned, tent pole event, WWE No Mercy, in the co-main event. (sighs) Let that sink in a minute. I mean, it's got to be because Cena wasn't wrestling at the upcoming WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans due to scheduling conflicts, right? No. Well, surely it's because Roman Reigns is going to be winning the big match in the main event at WrestleMania 34. And, you know, he, he needs a lot of steam heading into this big win against Brock Lesnar, right? No. I don't really know what the reasoning is here. Um Things might have fell apart in booking or scheduling conflicts, right or wrong, whatever. This match is happening at a raw branded pay-per-view 
in the co-main event and it's happening in September. One could argue that maybe the title should always go on last. And that's why this is the co-main event. And hey, that's why Hogan and Rock weren't, quote unquote, the main event of WrestleMania 18. But at least they were on a WrestleMania. Just kind of weird hot shot booking aside. We do get this match when we're going to get it. So let's learn to love it. Right. We'd never have enough time to review John Cena's illustrious career. So we're just going to kind of focus on what happened after that 16th world title reign. He began taking very kind of rock-like sabbaticals to film TV and movie projects around this time in his career. And he returned to the WWE in this latest stint after filming season two of American Grit. And that was at the end of December in 2016. He challenged then champion AJ Styles to a match at the Royal Rumble. He and Styles had clashed before and Styles had managed to best Cena in their first encounter at Money in the Bank in 2016 and in a three-way for the title, also involving Dean Ambrose. Uh, at No Mercy the previous year. In that Rumble title match, Cena famously wins that 16th world title to tie Ric Flair, only to drop it a month later at the Elimination Chamber to Bray Wyatt, giving Bray Wyatt his first world title. But Cena moved on to WrestleMania, where he had a big moment. He had his proposal accepted by then-girlfriend Nikki Bella, following the two winning a mixed tag match uh, against The Miz and Maurice. Tell me if you've heard that before or recently. Um, And this all just kind of centered around previous uh, drama with Cena on television. Will he ever marry again? And uh, so that's kind of what's going on in John Cena's life. But look, in the summer of 2017, the WWE tries to give the superstar shakeup, the brand split, kind of a facelift, and they make Cena a free agent, being able to bounce between Raw and SmackDown. Again, tell me if you've heard that recently. This just kind of ended up with Cena being in kind of a meaningless month-to-month feud here and there, one with Rusev. I'm not talking about the good one that they had in 2015. Baron Corbin, bad hair and all. Um, And then finally, we get to this August 21st episode of Raw. And that's where Cena would emerge and finally move towards a meaningful program. This one that we're talking about here, the likes of which he hadn't seen in over six months. Reigns before this, much like Cena, had been involved in a really longstanding feud. But this one was with Braun Strowman. Reigns handed Strowman his first pinfall loss uh, at WWE Fastlane. That was the show right before WrestleMania 33, which I firmly believe we should review that match soon. I remember it being very good. Um, This is Reigns' third headlining match at that WrestleMania, and it was a success as far as the result for Roman, but it was a lackluster match because it was with a badly injured and older Undertaker, and it just really failed to elevate Roman, I think, in the way that they wanted it to, not only because of the quality of the match, but because the Undertaker's undefeated streak already famously ended at WrestleMania 30. What a lot of fans remember, and for good reason, is that uh, Roman Reigns came out the next night after that WrestleMania match, and he was getting showered with like Vicky Guerrero-style booze, so much so that he could barely speak, and he delivered one famous line that this is my yard now. This is my yard now. 
Well, right after that, I think you can all remember Braun Strowman's kind of shining moment in the WWE, and that's when he was just running around yelling, I'm not finished with you! I'm not finished with you! To Roman and just wouldn't get off of Roman. I mean, you know, he and Roman had a really, really great feud with a lot of uh, excellent booking and kind of over-the-top stunts and just brutality everywhere. Um, and this is what's going on with Roman before his Cena feud. Roman and Braun ended up rematching at Fastlane. I mean, rematching from Fastlane at Payback. And Reigns actually goes down clean to the monster among men. Strowman assaults Reigns after the match uh, with steel steps, and he starts causing kind of internal injuries. I mean, immediately after they kind of have a barn burner of a match, Braun just goes to town and slams the steel steps into Roman Reigns' sternum, and Roman starts bleeding internally. But Roman doesn't back down. He ends up attacking Braun multiple times on the shows thereafter, injuring Braun's arm and taking Braun out of what looked like was going to be a universal championship run against Brock Lesnar at WWE's Great Balls of Fire. I'm sure you've been loving their wonderful pay-per-view generic names. Well, they spiced it up with Great Balls of Fire. Seriously. We had to have a new contender since Braun was out. So there was a fatal five-way extreme rules that year. And Roman Reigns faced off against Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, and Seth Rollins. Joe ended up getting the win in that match against Balor and went on to Great Balls of Fire into a match with Lesnar. And then we get Braun Strowman returning much quicker than anticipated and out of the back of an ambulance, no less, to set up a big rematch at Great Balls of Fire with Reigns in an ambulance match, which he also wins. Uh it's kind of by nefarious means. Reigns just misses a diving spear into the back of the ambulance. And so Strowman shuts the doors real quickly and he technically wins the match. Roman, however, kind of returns the favors from before, starts attacking Strowman and he ends up closing Strowman into the ambulance and eventually ramming said ambulance into a semi, uh, surely injuring Braun. No, not really, but Braun must've been taking notes from the rock uh, on how to survive, you know, getting jammed by a semi. So that ambulance attack wasn't enough to keep Strowman down. He's got unfinished business with Reigns. Samoa Joe also has unfinished business. Lesnar's involved, and they end up having a four-way at SummerSlam, which Reigns loses clean to Lesnar. So Reigns not really on a roll here. Undertaker puts him over, and then he just starts dropping a bunch of big matches after that. So that's kind of weird. And then here we are again. I guess they're going to insert John Cena. Maybe that's why they felt the need to make this happen so fast. So enter John Cena the following night on Raw after SummerSlam, and we get an all-time war of words between two top guys. I think a lot of you remember this. There were a lot of promos. There were a lot of Band-Aids ripped off, a lot of shoot-style comments, and I'm going to do my best to kind of wrap those up for you. In the first chapter, we get Cena coming right out, spitting hot fire. He wants to face Roman, and Roman comes right out and questions if John actually wants to now that they're face-to-face, and he's not just talking. Cena takes his shirt off, says, let's do this. And then, of course, we get interrupted by Miz and the B team, and there's just kind of a tag team match and yada, yada, yada. Chapter two, though, is the contract signing. This is the next week, and this is where business really picks up. Cena comes out first, signs the contract immediately, and basically just says that Reigns has been a protected blue chip prospect from day one, but that he can't be protected from John Cena. Reigns comes right out to respond, and he says that Cena really isn't as big a deal as he thinks he is. And that, you know, Roman retiring The Undertaker was huge and something that John Cena could never do. This is where Cena starts getting dirty. He says that Roman's basically a cheap Cena bootleg created by WWE corporate and that he basically beat up an old disabled guy at the end of the road. 
Reigns tells John that fans boo John because he sucks. And then Reigns totally loses his place. He tries to give him a second reason why he sucks, and he just has to stop dead in his tracks. It's a tough look for Roman. Cena basically eats him alive. Reigns tries to collect himself, but then he just starts resorting to like tired old calling a guy a bitch, accusing Cena of being fake and saying he's a part-timer and he buries guys. And basically, uh, Cena just comes back and says that that was all BS and that Cena's really proud of the five years that Roman took to be able to cut a halfway decent promo, but now he's going to shrink him down to size, and he does so. Cena easily refutes all of that stuff and those burial accusations by recapping the fact that he hasn't headlined WrestleMania in five years and looks at where both guys have been in the last several months, and then he daggers Roman by saying that, that he still has to be kept around because Roman can't do his job as the top guy. Roman just kind of sighs and takes it on the chin, signs the contract, Cena won Roman zero. Chapter three, Cena had a highly competitive match against Kurt Angle's son at the time, Jason Jordan, and it takes about 20 minutes for Cena to get the victory. So Reigns comes out and questions why it takes 20 minutes for John Cena to beat a rookie. He called Cena a bitch again. Got to do that. And he wondered if Cena was stringing Jordan along or if Cena's lost a step. So they trade dick jokes because that's awesome. And Cena says that it could be either one. He says that he doesn't respect Roman. Roman hasn't had to work hard like a guy like Jason Jordan or even The Miz. And maybe Cena's just been biding his time and waiting to chop Roman down. Roman just cuts to the chase, offers to fight right now, which he's already done in the past. Cena declines. Roman says that John's scared and that he also doesn't respect John. Chapter four. So we've got weeks upon weeks of these guys verbally sparring. And it's almost like Roman being forced to come into his own as a promo while John Cena really takes him to task. Roman is now going to face Jason Jordan and it also takes him a long time and he gets taken to his limit before gaining the pin pinfall. Uh, Cena comes out, puts it, puts that Roman's face as he should. And Roman said that he was having a great match and he's already had more great matches than John. John says that Roman makes himself sound like an idiot without John even having to do anything. And that Roman has failed over and over and week after week to inspire the audience at all. Cena says that Roman will experience true failure at no mercy and that the guy would step up at no mercy or it'll just be a cakewalk for John if Roman can't get it together. Roman claps back pretty quick, though. He doesn't back down. He says that if all of this is true, if he's a failure, then why would Cena even come to call him out? Roman wonders aloud if it's because Reigns is selling tickets that Cena no longer can. And Reigns says that business is sky high and maybe Cena's around because he needs the WWE and can't break into Hollywood but that if Cena needs a little help, that Roman knows a guy in a pretty solid line. Cena ends up shooting his kind of final barb at Roman, telling him that at no mercy, Roman can consider John like a drug test and that Roman won't be able to get past him. Fans are eating this up at this point, but I would say that Roman right around this time got noticeably more comfortable and he finally held his own rather than just getting dressed down. John Cena isn't around for the go-home show, which leads Roman out to be very easily show a whole bunch of clips from the Rock and John Cena's verbal wars, where John Cena was really just calling out the Rock for being a part-timer, not available, and more focused on Hollywood. None of these comments age very well. Roman's able to point them out, and he finishes off this big war of words by just saying, hey, I'll see you Sunday, movie star, and we will see you, Chad, right now break this match down, so let's get it on, Iac Nation. Fantastic, fantastic, as always. Uh, so before we get into No Mercy itself, a couple of trivia notes on this show before we get into the match. 
This was the final no mercy of all time. No other, no other, no mercies happened. This was the final one. Apparently, they had enough mercy. I don't know. Uh, bring the mercy, and then also this was the infamous show where Cesaro destroyed his teeth, where he got monkey flipped into the ring post and uh, knocked his teeth on the top and knocked his teeth out in a brutal spot. So, little trivia notes for this show. Uh, just thought those were interesting. So, it is. Michael Cole, Booker T, and Corey Graves on the call here. I did not realize, like, this was a, a something that came out to me of, like, how long Corey Graves has been around. Like, I can't, I, I didn't realize he'd been around for so long on commentary. Like, it, it just hit, it's been, like, at least five years. So, uh, kudos to him for sticking around that long and main roster shows and, and doing calls. Corey's one of the best for sure. I enjoy him and I have since the beginning. He's excellent. So John Cena's theme hits, uh, as I so eloquently put at the top of the show, uh, can't be done better than that. Uh, not at all, but it comes in. Wouldn't you know it? The fans have an opinion on John Cena when he comes out. And that opinion didn't last long, so it sounded like was the John Cena sucks piped in, or did it just sort of slow down out of nowhere? That was sort of interesting. Cole immediately starting with the story. If Cena wins tonight, he will tie The Undertaker for the most pay-per-view victories with 94. A good little note in there. He's wearing his orange and blue, and he doesn't have the full shitty movie star hair, just sort of slight you know, movie star hair comparatively to what we see today. Booker T lets us know that Cena's looking real jacked. Booze raining down as Cena music, Cena's music stops. Then there's light Cena chants. We're starting to get it, starting to get a feel for how the crowd's going to react here. And we get like two minutes between his music stopping and the booing, and then Roman's music hitting. Of course, Sierra Hotel Indigo doesn't hit, but the theme that Roman used from that comes out, and Roman is also booed quite heavily this is peak boo roman time cena's in the ring laughing at roman being booed uh roman's in a gold vest he's this is also peak roman wearing a vest time and people figuring out whether or not he had a body underneath it or not is that why he's wearing the vest what's going on here we have more boos as he slowly finishes his entrance this is truly building up to be a heel versus heel face versus face match for sure so the bell rings. We get some stalling to start. There's a shoulder tackle. There's a pause for a you both suck chant, uh, which happens. Cena then fakes leaving, telling the crowd, I listen to you guys going up the ramp. All of this is happening over like a two or three minute span. It's moving pretty slow. A lot of stalling to start. He goes up to the top. Then he almost gets to the screen, but Roman comes back at him and hits him with a punch. Where are you going, my dog? Yells Roman. Uh, also, a lot of chatter between the two in this match. 
They finally make it back in. Roman hits some right hand. Cena blocks one. Loudly yells, duck it to Roman, which Roman then ducks it and then hits a side suplex and Cena rolls to the corner. Cena then tells the ref to tell him to toss me out. The ref goes to tell Roman. We have loud Roman sucks chants as Roman puts the boots to Cena in the corner and then tosses Cena to the outside. Roman then goes to whip Cena into the steps, but Cena reverses and sends Romans in, Roman into the steps. A mix of cheers and boos here. Still that mixed crowd, but they're but they're up. I mean, they're doing something. We get a light thank you Cena chant at this point in time. Cena picks up Roman to do the same, but this time Roman reverses it and whips Cena into the steps. A little back and forth here. Booker T lets us know for that one that that's big time. Cena sort of staggers around the ring and he leaves himself open for a drive-by in which the crowd again showers Roman with boos for this drive-by. Roman tells Cena, Roman tells Cena, you ain't on the stick now, you in a fight. And then Booker T uh, adds great commentary to this, uh, letting us know exactly what we just heard. Uh, Hilarious. Well, Roman Reigns sure looks like he's ready. Roman saying, we're not on the microphone now. (laughs) What about the stick? It's about the fight. That's what Roman Reigns said. Then uh, Roman rolls Cena into the ring after a little while and somehow gets only a two count after that drive-by and that that, uh, minute before he rolls him in. We get some light CM Punk chants, which I could hear Danny rolling his eyes at as he was watching, uh, watching the match. We get some slow moving. We are like still molasses at this point. Reigns picks up Cena, hits him with one right hand, lets us know that he hits hard. I hit hard, he says. That's how we know that he hits hard. There's, when I tell you, here's, uh, let me let me go through a couple of the next steps of the match. There is a slow pace. We do get to hear after this hit, after this punch, Roman tells us that he hits hard, and then the IAC listener of the week shouts out the greatest line in maybe the history of, of lines. Give him some bingay! Then they brawl a little bit more. Reigns goes for a near fall. There's a headlock. There's a loud boring chant. Cena powers out. Four bullet points, including one about a, uh, somebody in the crowd. That took four minutes of this match. Legit four minutes. I timed it. This could be the IAC listener of the year also. Uh, so, I mean, right now, definitely. So far, the IAC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, 100%. Give him some bingo! All right. So the boring headlock, Cena powers out. Uh, he catches a Roman kick. He ducks a clothesline, and Cena hits a shoulder tackle. He goes for another, and Roman catches him with a right hand. Roman then goes off the ropes for a clothesline. Cena ducks. He bounces off and hits another one of the shoulder tackles. He hits his spinning suplex, and he looks down at Roman and calls for the five-knuckle shuffle. As he hits the ropes, Roman pops up and hits him with a Samoan drop in an admittedly cool spot. Cena backs into the corner. He stands up a little bit, and Roman hits his sort of 10 clotheslines in the corner that he used to do as a face. The crowd booing, not counting with him. Roman then goes off the ropes for a a running boot to the gut, I think. He bounces off the ropes and lifts his boot like he's going to gut him. Uh, but Cena catches it, hits a suplex, and does a quick five-knuckle shuffle without bouncing off the ropes or taunting. 
crowd booing all of this. Cena then goes for an AA. Roman drops off behind him, hits a very weak super kick as the crowd boos again. And Roman's right hand, now Cena's down, his right hand starts to percolate and percolate. It's in the corner and his hand is percolating, Devon Dudley style. He smiles and he gets in Superman punch pose. He goes for it, but Cena ducks and locks in the STF and the crowd starts to stir. Cena's yelling tap at Roman. Roman makes it close to the ropes, but Cena breaks the hold and drags Roman back to the middle of the ring. Cena then leaves his legs open a little bit and Roman takes advantage, rolls over, and then picks up Cena quickly. Like, I mean, he he sort of trips Cena over. Cena's in the sort of a triangle hold. And then Roman, I mean, in a very impressive power move, picks him up and does that triangle power bomb. And when he does that, I got to tell you that Cena, he got up. up. Both men are down now. And then they're back up for some big punch brawling. We got some boo yays. Roman getting the boo. Cena getting the yays. Then Roman goes off the ropes, goes for a crossbody, and an impressive power move. Cena catches him, lifts him up, and then hits the AA. One, two, kick out. We get a pop from the crowd. And then both men are down again, probably for a little too long. But Cena then decides to go up for the top rope. He goes for the blockbuster, but Reigns catches him for a powerbomb. Reigns then pushes himself into the corner, sets up for the Superman punch, and bam, hits it. One, two, another kick out. Reigns gets up, and he sets up for a spear. Two thunderous boos. The crowd is booing, booing, booing. And then when he ooh of course the crowd stops booing and goes ooh-ah with him. Reigns then runs at Cena for the spear, but Cena sidesteps. And Roman runs hard into the post. Roman rolls outside into the apron, and Cena starts to climb the turnbuckle right by where Roman is. He starts to set Roman up on his shoulders, and they're maneuvering. He's got Roman up. He's on the second rope. Roman is on his shoulders. And then an avalanche AA. One, two, kick out. And the crowd is buzzing at this point. The crowd chants one more time at this. Cena says no. He actually says no and winks at the camera. So he rolls outside and he starts taking things off the announcer's tables. He's going to do something on the outside. Booker T lets us know that uh, as Cena does this, that Cena is a true professional. That's his call as Cena's taking stuff off the announcer tables. Cena and Roman get up on the table. Cena goes to lift Roman for the attitude adjustment, but Roman drops out and he spears him off of one table through another table. They, at this point, have time to show three replays, including one that looks like Roman landed nasty on his neck. And then they end up rolling into the ring for a a pin attempt. Roman's on top of Cena, and we get a two count. Now, I have to mention, from the spear through the table, from when that spear landed until the ref counted the first second of the pin attempt, there was a minute and 30 that went by. It was a forever recovery for this as well. So they get in the ring. We have that two count. Roman gets in position for another spear. But this time, Cena catches him and hits another AA. And then he floats over Roman's body, still holding on, lifts Roman up, and hits a second AA. And he covers one, two, three, kick out. 
Oh, and the crowd is booing. How could Roman get out of these two attitude adjustments? Cena goes after ref John Cone, asking him, is it a three? It was a three. It was a three. They stare at each other, Roman and Cena, and we get a light, very light. This is awesome chant. Both men are up, and then bam, immediate Superman punch. And then Roman off the ropes, bam, quick spear. One, two, three. And Roman Reigns has won this match. The crowd boos the finish like crazy, but both men stay in the ring. And then we get, of course, respect. You don't give me nothing but respect. Between Cena and Roman. Cena raises Roman, Roman's hands and the crowd booing like crazy still. Then Roman leaves. And Cena, he lays in the ring. He sits in the corner. He looks around, looking to get that fond farewell. He gets a mix of cheers and boos. And we get some loud, finally, some loud thank you Cena chants as he spends another three minutes or so fully pandering to them. But thank you, Cena. Thank you, Cena reigns throughout the arena. As we all know, Cena would go on to never wrestle again, except for 17 more times on TV and dozens of house shows later. And also against Roman later. And also against Roman later. Thank you, Cena. And that is the match. It was a ride, a very slow, under-construction ride at first that, you know, they built to a solid crescendo. It picked up, except for that unfortunate minute 30 that they were out of the ring, you know, for that spear through the table. But, but all of this commentary needs to be saved for us going through our science and categories. So, Ric Flair, if you haven't turned off the podcast yet, this would be the time you need to turn it off. Let's start with storytelling. D, kick us off. Well, Ric Flair can't hold us down when our fan of the year lifted us all up in the middle of that match. Correct. Storytelling. There was some storytelling here, that's for sure. I think both guys did a really good job at being chippy and making this seem like a big deal to them personally. Roman was, you know, jawing a whole lot. And I think the main story was that John Cena was obviously giving Roman Everything he had, all of his big moves, all of his extra special finishers were hit. And, uh, you know, just trying to prove that, hey, I'm still the pillar of the company. And then Roman, obviously, trying to prove the same thing. My problem with some of the storytelling employed was, boy, those first few minutes. And especially Cena, you know, messing with the crowd and acting like he was going to leave. At no point did Cena give any indication that he wasn't actually going to leave. I mean, he walked all the way to the top of the ramp, never looked back, never stopped, and had to be hit over the head and drugged back to the ring by Roman. So all of this build, everything, I mean, if you're just looking at the character of John Cena, I don't like that you even had to wonder if he was just going to saunter onto the back and be like, the hell with this. That was just kind of odd and really out of character for him. So I didn't like that. But in the end, I like the progression of the colossal moves. These two titans had to pull out all the stops. You know, I didn't like maybe the quickness of how it all ended, but we'll get to that later. Maybe, yeah, let's just talk about the finish later. All in all, there was pretty good storytelling. I don't think that it was classic level storytelling, but I would say it's thumbs in the middle leaning up and I would give it three quarter stars. What say you? 
I agree with everything that you said. I mean, I think the buildup, the buildup was meant to be, again, these two Titans clashing and there was some like back and forth there and it was all like hitting big finish, hitting big finish. I do think that I also thought that there was not enough. Cena did so much to Roman to beat him and Roman did not do as much to Cena to beat him. So at this point in the booking and like that time, Cena probably wasn't meant to be protected as much. So that's okay. But there was still, when you start with a back and forth, like I would have wanted more than just a quick, like you said, you know, for the finish from a storytelling standpoint, I didn't think that that kept on the same, you know, the same page chapter by chapter, as we talk about from start to finish, Uh, you know, and there was, there was not a lot of their, character work in here outside of Cena, you know, leaving was out of character. They were just doing moves most of the time. You know what I mean? That's that's it. And that's, there wasn't anything that was sort of built in from their feud or from things that they had done before. There wasn't really many teases per se. So, I mean, I, I, I also say it was thumbs in the middle, <laughs> thumbs in the middle leaning up, thumbs in the middle leaning up. Um, I know I sort of sounded like I bashed it a little bit, but there just wasn't enough for classic level. But it's still like this. There was enough there to where you were interested the whole time of what was going on. So uh, I'll give it a three quarter star as well. All right. Atmosphere. I'll kick this one off. So uh, I thought atmosphere, uh, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about crowds that are making noise because they are going into business for themselves to make noise versus making noise for the story and for the match. And this was definitely a crowd that was mainly going into business for themselves. Cause it was, we're just going to boo both of these guys. You both suck. Like they're, they, you know, this was peak. This was two guys who got the bizarro world reaction all the time, getting the bizarro world reaction here. And then there were a couple of times where they got the crowd to pop for things that were happening uh, which was good, but there was noise the whole time, which helped the match, but it was the wrong kind of heat from the crowd. A lot of times that just made you go, you're taking away my enjoyment. Overall, the commentary was was all right. Booker T was uh, atrocious, but but more so funny atrocious than bring the match down atrocious. So ultimately for me, atmosphere, uh, I'm straight thumbs in the middle. I would normally give that a half star, but I'm going to give it three quarters a star, uh, an extra quarter star just for uh, Ben Gay. Give him some Ben Gay! She earned it. She earned it. Yeah. Yeah, got to agree there. Commentary was pretty good. Cole was your normal straight man. And nothing bad, I got to say about him. This was kind of a coming out party, though, for Corey Graves. He's young in his career. I thought he did a really good job of the things that JR excels at. And that was he was trying to weave in a story when he was commentating on the match and not just calling the match. Booker was Booker. Booker's good on a SmackDown. Booker's not so great in big matches. His attitude, he just doesn't seem to be able to lend to credibility or really getting drawn in in or drawing the viewer in. Um, I got to give it to the guys. They pulled the crowd in by the end. The crowd, you know, finally got knocked off their rocker of going into business for themselves the whole time. And that's that's a feat. You know, that's impressive that they were able to do that. Uh, because this crowd did not care for about two thirds of it, I would sit firmly on the fence and give it one half star. All right, execution. Uh, why don't you kick us off with that? 
obviously when this match got going, it was going on a downhill pace. It was good, but you can't love the first several minutes. They didn't blow anything. It was just slow and plodding. And then they got going and they had kind of another slowdown spot, which is understandable because it was, you know, a table spot. But boy, there were a couple of times where this match would just get brought to a screeching halt. You mentioned Roman doing that 10 clothesline in the corner. They were just so lazy and so slow. It was just, I mean, when you see guys doing a 10 punches in the corner or something like that, it can really take you out and just take away from any possible realism. And this definitely did that. But I think their selling was on point. You know, it was maybe too much big move only, which hurts the pace. This was structured like you're trying to have a good Goldberg match. And I don't think these guys really needed that, but that's what they did anyway. Um, But I would say that it was above average, especially by the end. I mean, the big moves were really big. Still, though, I sit firmly right on the fence. I give it a half star. I'm a little bit above a half star because I think nothing was, I mean, nothing was botched. Everything was done well. There was nothing that looked, I mean, there was a weak super kick by Roman, but that was about it. Everything else was for what they did timed well. And there was some neat stuff like Roman's uh, triangle power bomb and Cena's, you know, catching him and doing the AA. The avalanche AA was well done and made sense. You know, the, the spirit of the table itself made, you know, was very well done. So I thought that there was a lot that they did well. So from an execution standpoint, you know, it wasn't flawless in the sense of there was literally nothing and it was classic level, but there was nothing that was super terrible. So I gave this also three quarter star Um, for the finish. Oh man, that finish. When you have these two guys in such a big match and you're going finish, 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 hit them with a finish, hit them with a finish, 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 finish. Can I finish? Can I finish? Yeah. Larry, can I finish? Larry, Larry, can I finish? Can I finish? Can you just give me 30 seconds? Let me explain, please. Um, You're expecting there to be a lot more oomph for the finish and not like a, you know, like the last air being let out of a balloon at this point in time, hitting you in the face. And that's sort of what it was to me. I, I didn't, it didn't feel like it had that big, hit that you would want a spear to put down John Cena would have. It came right after a bunch of, you know, the two rolling AAs, which that would have been an awesome finish at that point if he sort of reversed the two, but Roman was going over. So it just was lacking a lot. And then I thought that the post-match actually hurt the finish too. Not just, not because they were giving each other respect, but because they weren't reading the crowd and they were just like, we're going to do this because we want to do this. Um, so I gave it, I was down the middle on this and gave the finish a half star. I liked it a little better than that. Gotta give credit to the fact that it was 100% clean. They, I really liked that they tried to build to a really impressive finish. So you had Cena hit the avalanche AA, which is what it take, what it took to beat Bobby Lashley, uh, years prior in a big match of theirs. I mean, no one kicks out of that. Then you have Roman hitting his big spear through the announce table, which was a big move. Took too long to get back in the ring, but it was still a near fall. And then Cena's near fall of the double AA spot, you know, hitting the attitude adjustment, then rolling through and hitting another one. I mean, that really got everybody hooked and that was great. So then you have a chance 
of, you know, after maybe after Roman hits a Superman punch and a spear that Cena also kicks out of that. Now we're even if you've both done, you've gone tit for tat twice with each other. Now we're going to have Roman something decisive and he puts Cena down and we just didn't get that final gear, but I appreciate what they were building towards. They just kind of let the air out of the room with it coming out of nowhere. Michael Cole was trying to sell that Cena was still bewildered that Roman had kicked out. And before he could even finish one line, Roman kind of came out of nowhere. So that lends to the credibility of it happened so fast and the pin was immediate. And that's why it worked. But I just didn't love it. I didn't think it was the right call for this. This really ends up being kind of Cena's swan song as the guy. So I think he deserved more as far as a decisive finish. Still, though, I like what they were going towards. It was clean. It was pretty good. I'll give it three quarter stars. It's funny how in the match where they moved slow most of the time, the quickest thing was the finish, which should should not be out of nowhere like that unless it's a part of the story, which it wasn't in this case. All right. Significance. Round us out with some significance. Oh, geez. I mean, oh, geez. Geez. This is too company men, top stars of eras going against each other. If you know who these two guys are, you're going to wonder, you know, when did they have a match, especially did they have a match, you know, at a certain point in their career when John Cena was at his height, when Roman was near his height and they did. So this match will always be there and always be a time capsule of these, you know, the meeting of these two eras. When it aired, it seemed to signal, you know, the end, like I said, of Cena in really his most meaningful role. We still had to wait, though, and see if that was going to be confirmed because they never added the stipulation that, like, you know, Cena must retire or there wasn't really any speculation that this was the end of the road for Cena. If he loses before the match, they just kind of shoehorn that in to the post-match And it did end up kind of materializing. And so for that reason, it was a big moment. Of course, both guys got booed the whole time, which drives me insane. Um, You know, but there were a lot of moments of, you know, little kids in full Cena gear and Cena interacting with them and the camera having tight shots of them and watching these kids have their hearts broken. There were no titles. There were no huge, at least pre-announced stakes. And it's not a revered match. Cena was involved in some big matches in the funeral uh, in the future in the funeral, but just kind of at a drawn out pace here and there sprinkled in here and there a la triple H a la the undertaker at the end of his career. So I just think that this was though the WWE's final attempt at anointing Roman as their guy going forward. They had already had him run through uh, triple H and the undertaker and now John Cena, which John Cena had been that for no one before. So the fact that Cena gave all of his big moves and got ran through and laid down and had his walkout, and this does signal the end of his era, to me, officially, it's significant. Full star there. I disagree. And, I mean, you opened your match background with, yeah, so Roman's going to go on to, this was at WrestleMania. Uh, This is the main event of the show. Uh, Roman's going to go on to win WrestleMania. Uh, you know, how many things did Roman, first of all, how many times did we try and crown Roman? And this wasn't, this was part of it, but this was more of a passing of the torch that still Roman didn't get a chance to take. I mean, it took until his heel turn before he became the full, full star that 
everyone, you know, revered him as this. Ultimately, when you look back at moments in Roman Reigns' career, I don't know that this would have popped in my mind uh, of a big moment, you know, in his career. I think probably if I thought hard enough about it, I would. But again, the match had a month-long sloppy build with some sloppy interviews. You know, he he wasn't ready on the mic to be with John Cena, you know, going back and forth. Uh, Roman has done much bigger stuff since then. Cena tried to get the swan song, but he wrestled multiple, multiple times after that. I do think there's some significance in it's the two guys that wrestled. And, you know, if you look back in history and you're like, okay, it, this was a, this was a dream match of competitors without the dream match feel without the dream match placement on the card at a throwaway, no mercy show. So it was, it should be a dream match that just didn't ever become a dream match. So there is some significance there, but I don't think a full star. I think it's a half star. So uh, that's what I'm giving it, a half star of significance. All right, before I get into my overall thoughts, so what does that make your your tally? Well, I think we uh, you know, had a lot of small disagreements, but we're still just kind of fighting over quarter stars here, and we're in the same boat. I ended up at three and a half. I ended up at three and a quarter. Uh, so that is where we are at. So let me give some overall thoughts on this before I kick it to you for the final decision. We've talked about this on the show before. Is this a match that you should watch? This is one of those where I think it's down the middle. I don't think you're missing anything if you don't watch it, but I think if you want to go, damn, Roman Reigns versus John Cena, I should watch that, then go watch it. I think that there's definitely enough there to keep you intrigued and entertained. Again, going back to if I had my bucket of popcorn, would I go, well, that was entertaining. I think definitely for sure. If you're looking for the best wrestling, you're not going to find it. If you're looking for the best finish, you're not going to find it. You know, If you're looking for something that is an intriguing situation to watch unfold, you'll find it there. Um, at, at three and a quarter stars – doesn't blow you away. Not bad. But uh, for John Cena versus Roman Reigns, perhaps there was too much hype or expectations if you just think about that. Uh, but ultimately, it's a match for me that uh, I, I wouldn't just immediately recommend to anybody looking for a great match to watch. But we actually are going through the science here. And part of the science at the end is that we have to determine we have to classify definitively if it is, in fact, a classic. And so, Danny, as this was your pick, it is incumbent upon you to do so. So, I ask of you, sir, John is- Cena versus Roman Reigns at No Mercy 2017. Is it a classic? Three plus stars knocking on the door. Roman was not ready. This was shoehorned into just something unbecoming of John Cena, especially in an attempt to pass the torch to another top guy. Just a badly missed opportunity and an interesting match if you just want to go back and look at how not ready Roman was and how far he's come to this day. I will say I think it's way better then their SummerSlam match from this past year where Cena came back and they basically tried to work the same type of match where we just do big moves. But Cena has even less credibility. 
because he hasn't won a match in God knows how long, and he's old and he's been away. So I wasn't intrigued at all. This match is better than that, but this match is not a classic. I'm not finished with you! Did not pass the test, did not pass the science, was not a classic, but that's okay. Two, uh, two gentlemen, which I'm sure we will hear from uh, again very shortly, uh, perhaps. Ooh, are so, you throwing out a teaser here? It's your pick. Uh, it is my pick. It is my pick. Um, you know, I guess, I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag. And I don't mean Jerry Lawler's ex-girlfriend, the cat. Damn. Yes. For my pick, we had a some suggestions from um, one of our super fans and uh, a lot of great thoughts around things that are missing from our reviews or sort of broadening our horizon a little bit. I'm going to do it a little bit. I'm not going to go outside of WWE. We're going to stick with WWE, but I'm going to take the thought of let's get some more tag or multi-man matches in here uh, amongst other things which we'll get to in future weeks but for me uh, i want to go all the way back a little bit further to tlc 2012 which was the very first match of the shield in which they wrestled team hell no and ryback i remember it being Pretty good, pretty surprising good. Our, the first chance that a lot of people got to see those three gentlemen in the Shield wrestle on TV. And also Ryback's there. So I'm very and curious to hear. Ryback that. equals classic. Yeah, of course, of course. We will feed him more stars next week. All right. Well, that is it for us. Of course, as always, uh, if you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button. Like us on uh, whatever on Apple Podcasts, you know, rate, review, subscribe, as we mentioned, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pets, tell anyone that'll listen that you wanted that you want them to join you in the IAC Nation as an IAC maniac. We appreciate all of you listening to us. You can catch us on Instagram at uh, classic underscore pod. You can email us in some suggestions at is it a classic pod at gmail.com. Or you can let us know what you think about the show. Uh, you can reach out to us. We will respond. We answer questions. Uh, we we take requests. All of those things. If you have a match you want to hear and you think it's a classic, let us know why. And you, sh- you might actually hear it on the show. We've done it multiple times in the past. So, again, we appreciate everybody joining us on this ride into 2022. Any last words you want to hit them with, Danny? Say hello to your mother for me. All right, on that note, I will leave you with this. As always, hashtag hang in there, Biggie.